Welcome back to another edition of Burke's View, the podcast. I'm your host, Dave Burkett. And, uh, wow, Lions are in uh, quite a bit of a hole right now. 0-3, one of three remaining winless teams in the NFL. And uh, let's be honest, they could be looking at an 0-5 start. I think when the schedule came out, everybody saw how tough that the start of that schedule was going to be with, with road games in San Diego and Minnesota to start and a home game against Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. And uh, 0-3 certainly was a, a possibility, but the fact that it's here, the way that it's happened, I think most importantly, um, it's really been a, a disheartening start to the season for these Lions. You know, coming off an 11-5 season last year and to play the way they've played, I mean, really nothing has gone well on offense, defense, special teams, anywhere. They've had a lot of breakdowns. Um, it, it just doesn't give much hope for this team digging out of this hole. And certainly this week is going to be a tough one. Uh, defending NFC champion Seattle Seahawks. I know they, they started the season with two losses themselves, but Cam Chancellor is back. They're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, this is going to be and, – and it's a tough place to play. I, I have never been to a game there, but everyone I've talked to, including people in the Lions locker room, several of them former Seahawks, say it's it's the, the best home field advantage in football. And, uh, you know, it's just on a Monday night game, it's, it's a tough mountain for the Lions to climb if they're going to dig out of this hole. And, uh, look, we don't want to jump too far ahead, but uh, if they get to 0-5, you know, all bets are off on, on what happens this season. It's just uh, you know a start like that is when you start to see signs of, of things splintering and and uh, you know things going wrong, um, but we're not there yet. You know I can tell you from talking to some people in the locker room this week, um, everyone still seems united. They talked a lot about no division within. I think that was a, a mantra handed down from from up top. You know that that that's where things really start to go wrong. And uh, you know this team looks ahead, and even though they know. You know, everyone knows this is going to be a tough game this week. There are some winnable games ahead as you get a little bit later into October. Um, so they just need to they need to survive these next two weeks somehow. If they can find a way to sneak out a win, you know, maybe that gets a little bit of confidence back in in players uh, in the fan base. I know I've heard from a lot of you guys out there who who think this season is lost. Um, but anyways, let's let's get to the podcast. Um, I caught up with with punter Sam Martin this week, and he's going to play a pretty important role. Uh, punters are people too, right? But he's going to play a pretty important role because the Seahawks have one of the best return men in the NFL, and Tyler Lockett. So, here's this week's podcast. Dave Burkett here with another edition of Burke's Eye View, the podcast with Sam Martin inside the Lions locker room. Uh, Sam, one of the uh, the stronger leg punters in the NFL, but uh, what's life like for a punter in the NFL? Sam, we've heard you know punters are people too. What's what's life like for you in the NFL? To my mom, yeah. Misunderstood, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, you know, a lot of people just think it's catch and kick as far as you can, but there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, between strategy, what we're doing, what we're trying to do with the ball, where we're trying to put the ball, distance, hang time, and then obviously you got the natural, um, you know, what the outside stuff. So wind, rain, anything like that, you got to deal with. It's never fun. So uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, it's just like a kicker. You know, it's something we put a lot of work into it. It's not. It's not like we just try showing up and kick. Right. <laughs> That's Eric Ebron saying kicking ain't easy. He knows, right? Thanks. Thanks, E. Yeah. Um, I tried in high school. My shit went wide right every time. What's what's you did you did everything in high school, right? Yeah. Field goals, no, no, in college. In high school, I just kicked field goals and kicked off. 
I, I, I did all three in college, yeah. So what was the longest field goal that you made? Uh, 74. In, in practice? Yeah. Yeah, 74. I've done that here before. 74 yards in practice? Yeah. How do, how do you get to even try a 74-yard? Record 64, Prater has that. How does that even come about? If Every now and then I'll mess around, I'll kick some balls, and if there's some wind at my back, then I'll just keep going back and back and back until I feel like I should probably stop kicking field goals. <laughs> so 74, how much did that make it by? Um... 74 had probably another couple yards on it, but I went to 75 and put off the crossbar, so that's when I stopped. If it was a game situation, what do you think the longest that you could make a field goal is? Nope, I talked yesterday. Inside? Yeah, say inside. Ford Field, you know, game situation, though, so you got some rushers coming at you. I'd say if I I still worked at kicking field goals, I'd say 65 probably would be pretty accurate. I mean, that's that's like any – NFL kicker in this league, and most of them have the leg strength to go that far back. But to make a kick like that, everything's got to be perfect. You got to hit the ball perfect. The hole's got to be perfect. Everything. So I mean, it's not just by saying like most guys in this league will hit can hit 65, 70 yard field goals in practice. But you know everything's got to go right, and the pressure. And it's hard for me to say. I've never kicked an NFL game, so I, it's, I know it's a lot harder than. It looks, but uh, as far as just leg strength goes, you know. Well, you know, I mentioned that off the top, that one of the stronger leg you know, punters in the NFL. So, you know, people see combine where, you know, athletes are, are lifting 225 pounds. Uh, how does a kicker or a punter go about improving his leg strength, working on his leg strength or maintaining his leg strength? Um, I, I personally, I think the biggest thing when it comes to being able to kick a ball for is leg speed. So, um, like, for instance, I... I don't I don't squat at all anymore. But even when I used to squat, I wasn't a, a huge power lifter. Like my legs aren't really technically when it comes to weightlifting that strong. Um, but you know I have a fast leg, I have a quick leg, and um, so I mean that's typically if you look at most of the guys in the league who kick the ball far, most of it stems from leg speed more than anything else. How much speed they generate. So how do you work on that? How, or is that a natural sort of thing that? For a lot of guys like myself, it's more of a natural thing. I think it's just kind of you have or you don't. I mean, playing soccer my whole life, and a lot of guys play soccer their whole life. But there's definitely stuff you can do to make it better. Um, a lot of dynamic type workouts, band work, that kind of stuff um, can help. Uh, improve as fast switch muscles in your leg. You know, if I remember that back in the uh, from when you were drafted, now you you were you were a soccer player and, and maybe kind of stumbled into football. Is this? Uh, I don't know. You couldn't have dreamed of playing football when you were young like this, right? So so how 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 much of a thrill is this for you to be in this situation, to be an NFL player still? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's still. I you know, I don't think I'll ever as long as I'm have this job ever get complacent in this job. It's always. Coming in even even every day to practice and stuff, it's a surreal. It's pretty surreal still, you know. And it's not something I take for granted. I'm very fortunate, especially the path that I took to get here. Real fortunate um, to to and real grateful to to be where I am. And um, I don't think you'll ever get old to me. I love my job, and and you know I hope I hope I have it for a while. And you got a pretty good room too. Obviously Matt Prater, Dom Mulebach, who's been around for a long time. How much do those guys sort of help you with your craft, and, and vice versa? How much do you help them with with their craft? Um, yeah, we us three work real well together. Um, you know, Prater and Mule both yeah. know, like, well, with me, you know, it's, with most guys in the league, if, if you're off or you miss hit a ball or something, um, it's typically one of one of, one of few things that, that you're doing wrong. It might be different for everyone, but they know me. I know them, even with Mule snapping. If he's a little off or if Prater's a little off kicking, and, you know, we, we know what to look for for each other. So we're always there helping each other out in that aspect. Um, and then just as far as experience goes, you know, um, 
ever since day one, Mule's been great with me with that, and then now Prater also, since he's been here, has, has always helped me a lot because, you know, they've been in the league three times, four times longer than I have, so did you, um, it's nice to have that. Did you have punters that you admired growing up, or even when you started playing in college, were there guys that you study a punter tape, like, you know, some yeah. defensive tackle would with fellow defensive tackles? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I didn't really start punting until late, even really, never really got serious with it until late in college. So by that time, most of the guys that I was following and, and you know, kept on, like, enjoyed studying and stuff, you know, still in the league today. And, um, one of the biggest ones was Thomas Morstead, who this day, you know, is kind of like a mentor to me. I, I talked to him last week, so I keep in touch with him. And, um, you know, anything, whether it comes to talking about cleats, you know, what cleats he likes or punting in bad weather or just dealing with different things he's always he's always been a lot of help for me to this day he still is um but as far as just guys i enjoy watching mike cyphers you know has always had a real big leg he's fun to watch punt andy lee you know i always liked watching him in college so um it's not like you know i was watching when i was like 10 and they're all like you know sean landetta style yeah right right um i know i obviously know who all those guys are but the guys that i probably spent the most time paying attention to are guys that are stay today are still effective punters in the league well, you mentioned Mike. Did week one you guys play the Chargers? Did you get a chance to catch up with him at all? Yeah, yeah, we talked. We talked for a little bit before the game. Real nice guy, and um, he's obviously one of guys that's still performing at a high level and um, doing a great job in San Diego. So it was, it was cool to finally meet him. Punters don't get a whole lot of recognition across the the league. So, what? How do you judge? Um, how much would a Pro Bowl mean to you? How much? How do you sort of judge your season? Net punting. What, what are stats that people can look at on the outside to kind of judge how how Sam Martin is kicking the ball this year? Well, you know, it's it's obviously most most people probably who 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 look besides. Um, you know who who uh, when it comes to when it comes to most people outside the outside the league outside the league that you know don't really follow all the stats that that there really are people look at the gross and net um, but the gross and net have are real conditional you know um, there's great punters in the league who will um, you know who will who will finish bottom third in the league and gross punting um, but they'll have 35, 40 punts inside the 20, you know, and that's obviously going to directly affect how far you're putting the ball if you're pooching all day. Um, net's obviously real high too, but um, there's two things that go into that, an effective punt and an effective coverage going to net. So that's a team stat. Um, so, you know, it's really, really when it comes down to it, I think maybe when I was a rookie and maybe even last year I was focusing more on, you know, having a high net and high gross. But, um, you know, with experience comes me acknowledging more so doing what they want me to do and helping the team. So, you know, I think we're top three right now and in, inside the 20 punts um so i don't my gross and net are a little lower than they've been in the past again we're only week three so that's hopefully going to change but um you know so so it's hard to say what single stat to look at you just kind of have to i guess to really appreciate the punter as a position kind of got to look at it across the board um you know because you can you can lead the the league and and gross, but you know you might have 15 punts out of 20. So, so he, whoever that punter would be, is doing their job because they're having a lot of field punts and they're banging them. But then you got someone like Dave Zatsdale in Arizona who would always lead the inside of the 20s, but his gross would be low. So it's, you know, I think I think at, at this level, 90 something percent of the punters are doing what they're asked, and their numbers reflect 
the job that they're doing in terms of conditions. Well, talking to Joe Marciano, just to sort of build off that line, special teams coordinator before, he said the thing that he looks at most importantly is field position because he just it, it doesn't matter uh, whether a guy's returning it to the 20 or they're starting at the 20. If you're keeping them at the 20, that's the end result at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. You know, so, I mean, if you're pooching from the 40 and you put it at the 15, you know, that's a 25-yard punt, but they're starting on the 15. So, it's yeah, as far as Pro Bowl comes and stuff, you know, that's – that would know, be great and all, but if you don't have a high gross and a high net, you know, most of the time punters don't go to the Pro Bowl for punts inside the 20. So it's, but you know, the, the biggest thing is helping the team and keeping the guys upstairs happy. You got to get you some commercials like Ziggy or some of these guys in order to, to get that recognition, I guess. Right? Probably get some uh, Hungry Howie's commercials or something. Um, all right, couple last last things. Uh, I heard a story about you. Uh, your rookie season, uh, there was a cafeteria worker here that you you gave one of your cars to or lent a car to, basically. Can you uh, can you tell everybody out there that that story um yeah there was a there was one of the employees here who um was one of the cooks and um i just had kind of caught wind that he uh, i guess was walking pretty far to work every day and they had to get here pretty early for for um breakfast and it, you know and this was like later in the winter when it was cold and snowing and stuff and so i just you know, I just kind of asked him what the deal was, and and um, I just recently bought a new car, and my college car I kind of just had sitting around, and um, he needed it, so I just kind of let him take it for the season, and then uh, just next thing I know, I guess Pettigrew, Pettigrew helped helped him with it, and, and you know gave me a gave me a check, which it was pretty much told him to keep because you know it was whatever. But you know he he said that he promised the guy that he'd help him with the car earlier in the year, so he wanted he wanted to help with it too. So Pettigrew gets a lot of credit for it as well, obviously. But I mean it was just. You know, the guy worked his butt off and was an extremely nice guy and was always here when he had to be, no matter what. And um, so just me and Pettigrew, something we wanted to help him out with. So little things like that behind the, the door that we don't see, but that's what some of these people that, you know, behind the scenes mean to guys in the locker room that you're spending around. Obviously, you're spending the you know your days with the 53 other guys in here, 52 other guys in here, but there's a lot of people that go into making you guys, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't see a side of it, unfortunately. They just see bad punts and missed kickoffs and missed field goals and stuff like that. But um, that's, I mean, obviously, I think we have a real good real, real good group of guys in soccer and if, you know for, just for that example right there I mean if it wasn't me and Pettigrew it probably would have been somebody else you know if that's if they heard the same thing so it's um, I think we got a group of good group of guys who are all always looking to you know do what they can to help other people all right you guys are playing a, a pretty good Seattle Seahawks team a really good return man in Tyler Lockett this week what's the key to keeping him off the board he's got one kick return one punt return for touchdown already this year how do you how do you go about combating that um, I mean just like in the past when you guys asked me about you know Peterson and, and um, Patterson, these guys. I mean, Lockett's obviously extremely talented, um, best best returns in the league already, and he's a rookie. But you know, the way I look at it is, it's the NFL, and every returner is every returner can burn you. You know, and 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 every guy on special teams, they're athletes. You know, so you know we we have our game plan, and we have what we got to do. I got to kick the ball and punt the ball well, and our guys got to cover well, and and. And, you know, I think we have a strong unit here, so we just got to do the best we can to contain him. Um, he's obviously proven, and, and he's extremely talented. But, you know, I'm just I'm focused on doing what I'm good at, and, and I think the rest of the team is focused on doing what they're good at, and, and hopefully just kind of keep him uh, under wraps. Do you kick it away from him, or, or do you test him? What, what would you want to do in your ideal world? Um, you know, it's that's, that's stuff we're still kind of, you know, working on in practice, trying to figure out how we're going to play it. But, um, you know, I think I – think, 
you know, you, you, you never know with one of those guys. It's kind of be a situational type thing. You know, maybe I bang one, and, and I mean, with, you know, percentage-wise, most of my kickoffs are touchbacks, so, you know, that's not a bad way to go, but maybe in other sense, you late in a quarter or late in the game or something, you got to keep it out of his hands. You know, you never know. So um, that I think that's come comes more territorially when it uh, conditionally in the game, what point of the game and, and strategy, what are we trying to accomplish, but uh, it really could be anything. could be anything. All right, last thing, we'd like to end this with five questions, sort of a get-to-know-you sort of deal, so uh, kind of non-football related for the most part. Uh, first one, uh, your first date. Think back to that. Where did you take the girl way back when? Uh, it was a movie. I uh, went to a movie. Remember the movie? Shoot. Oh, The the Ring. It was The Ring. It's a scary movie. Way back in the day, I was... Probably middle school. Yeah, yeah just in middle school for the ring. Parents dropped us off in the minivan. <laughs> she's still around uh, back hometown or anything? Uh, I think she's married probably. I don't know. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're a practical joker or not, but what's the best practical joke you've played on somebody in this locker room or, or they've played on you? Oh, man, that's tough. That one I'd need to think about. It would definitely, it would definitely have been on Prater or Mulebach, but um, there was a couple of guys... This one, can I give you one that was I didn't yeah, directly that's fine, that's do? Um, they got uh, a couple guys in the locker room. Got another guy in the locker room. I don't probably shouldn't say names. Uh, with a with a fake fine after a preseason game, and put in his locker and a FedEx and everything. And as a rookie, who just freaked out. It was like a twelve thousand dollar fine. They were freaked out about it. So that's a pretty good prank. How they how they break the news to him that it was it was a fake one? Ended up doing it in I think one of the in the meetings. One of the meetings. Yeah. All right. What's uh, give me. A, a guilty pleasure on your, your iPod or a, a song that you wouldn't want people to know that's on um, probably t- something Taylor Swift related I can get down to Taylor Swift her songs are real catchy I typically would turn them up on the radio I can sing them with you my daughter loves Taylor Swift so but she's six so I'm not ashamed favorite meal what's if you had a, a pregame meal like this Sunday what are, what are you going to eat before this is my favorite probably, probably my favorite foods but I wouldn't eat it before Sunday just because ain't no telling what happened but uh, fried chicken I'm a sucker for fried chicken I love fried chicken you make it yourself too or is it I, ha- I haven't yet but that's, that's an idea. I should come up with some type of delicious way to make my own. But, um, no, when I find a good fried chicken place, mm, I'm all over it. All right, last thing. Biggest clown in this locker room. Who, who's the guy that has the most fun that, that you like to, you know, pal around with the most? Or, or yeah, Ebron. That's why I'm asking. He's sitting right next to you. Ebron would definitely be in top three. Um, I got some a similar question like this earlier, and I'd, pro- I'd have to say probably at this point now Prater. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe Nick Fairley last year, but Prater's definitely a clown. What does Prater do? What's He's just, you just got to know him, his personality. I mean, <laughs> to you guys and to, like, people he doesn't know, he's a pretty normal guy, but you spend a lot of time with him, he's always joking around, and he makes me laugh regularly. So that's big, probably the biggest, like, like literally weirdo type person would be the guy next to me. He's Eric Yeah, he's uh, he's he's. You never know what that guy's gonna do. He likes to have fun. They all do. It's part of the the light moments here in the locker room. So that's Sam Martin, punter, uh, having a really good season right now. Even though the you might not know it by the numbers because he's put a lot of those balls inside the, the twenty and one of the best punters in the NFL. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Thanks, Dave. That was Sam Martin, Lions punter. And look, I mentioned it in the podcast, you know, it's tough to judge punters. Uh, The raw numbers sometimes can be misleading, but Sam truly is one of the the better legs in the NFL. I think he netted a little over 40 yards of punt last year, which was top 10 in the league. That number is down a hair this year. 
Um, but he's he's placed six of his 14 punts inside the 20, uh, and Joe Marciano has said the way the Lions are judging their kicking game this year um, is by field position, and Sam is doing a really good job both in terms of kickoffs and punts uh, of controlling field position. I, I think the, the number is 52 return yards opposing teams have on his 14 punts, which obviously is, is less than four yards a, a return. So um, the Lions are doing a, a good job, and Sam is doing a good job of that. But he's going to have his work cut out for him this week against Tyler Lockett, really good rookie return man for the Seahawks. The Lions are going to have their work cut out for them against the Seahawks in general. Um, that's a good football team, even though they're one and two and, and playing in Seattle. Um, really tough place to play. Uh, I just I don't see much chance for the Lions to win this game this week. I have them losing twenty to ten. That shouldn't come as as a surprise to anyone. Um, I don't think the Seahawks are going to put up a ton of points, especially with Marshawn Lynch a little bit hobbled. He's a game time decision. Um, but um, look, the Lions. Whatever happens, they just need to start playing better on the field. That means offensively and defensively. Haven't been able to get a running game going on offense. Haven't been able to protect Matthew Stafford. The receivers aren't getting deep. They look old. You know, defensively they've had some some lapses in pass coverage. Opposing quarterbacks are completing more than seventy five percent of your passes. Uh, that's just you're not going to win a lot of football games like that. So. Uh, important game for the Lions this week, at least to get things, get that ship righted a little bit, even if they don't get a victory because it's a long season ahead. And uh, the last thing they need is to be digging out of an 0-4, 0-5, 0-6 hole. You don't want these losses to keep stacking up. So we'll see what happens Monday night. That's all for the podcast. I'm Dave Burkett. Thanks for joining me here on Freak.com.